Hello and welcome to Casual. I'm Gaspar. And I'm Robert. And this is a show about curiosity and technology. Yeah, we're going to discuss a lot about technology. And I think we should start with Web3. I mean, this is a buzzword that I've been hearing all along. And the question is, what is Web3? And I've been Googling. You wouldn't guess, right? Uh, <laughs> and once I started Googling, I immediately acknowledged uh, an, ar an article by Wired. And there are a couple buzzwords here that we definitely should discuss. So we see the Web3 as being the next phase of the internet and perhaps of organizing society, which sounds exciting. But there are a couple of other buzzwords here, such as, where is it? Blockchain and decentralized services. Yeah. So this is something that we should discuss for the first episode. Okay, so yeah, um, first of all, I don't know, how do you perceive Web 3.0 other than the blockchain? Because, you know, we've had Web 1.0 and Web 2.0 was, you know, all those fancy CSS styles and the stylings on the pages, everything was 50-50. I think Apple was kind of the main pusher behind it. And now we have Web 3.0, right? So so let's, before we jump into the blockchain, what, let's try to discuss what, what we could speculate around what it could be. Yeah, so for me, this is just moving from siloed information, which lives on dedicated servers to something that's being shared amongst computers. How am I wrong? I'm, I don't think you're wrong. Like even if we then start slowly progressing into the blockchain, maybe the first question that we can explain to our viewers is what is blockchain or how blockchain works. Um, so yeah, let me start sharing my screen. So in short, uh, what is a blockchain and how it works? So it, cons uh, it has multiple parts. So the transaction itself, the block, the verification, the hash and the execution. So if you just go through this simple chart, it, let's say I want to send money to you, Gaspar, and the, tr the transaction is represented online as a block, and the block is broadcasted to every party in the network. So this is the charm of it, right? So everybody supposed that is involved in the blockchain has a copy of the blockchain. Thus, this makes it decentralized. So if every every app could be completely decentralized, I think that would be pretty amazing. What do you think? So in that case, we are removing all third-party services, such as banking in this case, right? Yeah, that sounds that sounds kind of high high risk, but also like good for the people. So like, there's no central authority owning or flying over something, and it's driven by by people, not not some big corporations that can manipulate certain aspects of it. So we are just sharing information across the whole network network, and we are basically everybody's owning that information, verifying that information, and being a part of the system. Yeah, and nobody is isolated. Everybody's got a chance to participate. Yeah, everybody has a chance to participate and also verify everything that is on the, blo the blockchain. So if we just go through and finish this graph, uh, so we were left off that every every uh, the block is broadcasted to every party in the network, and then those in the network approve the transaction is valid. So the most common way right now is the proof of work system. So the, the main incentive behind the, the blockchain is because your computational power from the computer is borrowed for calculating the, the blocks between transactions. 
And when when that's done, you get rewarded for something. So that's the, the main incentive behind it. And the, then the block can be added to the chain, which provides an in, in the, in the indelible uh, and transparent record of transactions. And then the money finally moves after everything is confirmed. So that means that I can be a part of the network where, where I want to use that services to, for example, send money, or I can be a part of the network where I verify those transactions as a node in the network, right? Exactly. And I get rewarded for this, and this is basically the incentive that's driving the blockchain. So I get money for providing the service. Exactly. Your computational services, to be, to be more exact. So yeah, if we go back to the web 3.0, so... I don't know, it's it's kind of hard to imagine everything being fully decentralized from, from my perspective because we've <laughs> everything we've we've built so far, excluding the blockchain, is been basically decentralized. So that's it's it's, it's hard to scary, isn't it? It is, it is. It's like who is gonna move all these things to some sort of decentralized service? It's gonna be that gray eminence in the background. So <laughs> the whole society will be working, but you are losing the third-party service, which now, I mean, you are still trusting one company or multiple companies with your information, with your data, with your money, and you're just expecting or you're relying on them. And if they go bankrupt, if they just shut down the service, you're, pardon my French, screwed. Yeah, and you, you in are. The case of, and in, in the case of relying on the society, and especially if we are financially motivated to provide a service, maybe the reliability goes up, but we lose the customer support service. Yeah, but okay, just just imagine I had this um, epiphany right now. So imagine there was a, a decentralized Facebook, but let's not call it Facebook, let's call it Xbook. Mm -hmm. And we all know in the history that Facebook changed its layout a couple of times and we all hated it and we didn't like where it was going. So in the case of some sort of decentralized platform, the users could decide, okay, let's make a fork and do it our way. Okay, this sounds familiar. And just a caveat, I'm not a developer, but I heard that Linux works in the same way. It's owned by a community and we can fork separate instances which suit our needs. Is that correct or? That's, that's completely correct, yeah. So basically we already use that technology, although we cannot compare Linux to decentralized blockchains or anything, but we already have that system which apparently works. Yes, yeah. So the for so itself, I don't know if forking itself. I don't think it's technology, but it's a, it's a way of, you know, having one thing and then just cloning it and going the other way. So there's usually one most popular fork if we're just comparing it to Linux. But so even Bitcoin has a couple of forks. Right. So Bitcoin, there's Bitcoin Cash, there's I don't know, there's um, Bitcoin Gold, there's there's a couple of different forks, but they never really took off, I would say. Okay, we've I just made a massive jump from blockchain to cryptocurrencies. Let's just circle back a bit. So cryptocurrencies are rewards for providing a service, and we have many of them, right? A couple of thousand different cryptocurrencies. Yeah, over 10, 15,000 of them that are public. Yeah. Okay, over 10, 15,000 that are public. That's a massive amount of numbers. So anybody can start a project or not? Yeah, anyone can start a project if you have an idea. It it can go into multiple categories. So one of them is you can have a... How do they call it? 
meme coins so it's if your coin is a meme you can make it overnight there are services online that can generate this token for you including the amount of tokens on which platform it's running you can do that from anywhere from i don't know a hundred to three hundred dollars you can have your own coin but wow it doesn't have any meaning it, it doesn't have any anything to back it up like in bigger other bigger cryptocurrencies which have a solid foundation okay talking about meme coins we are going away from the decentralized world where in which i want to live in maybe uh but let's go towards more stable systems so you mentioned bitcoin i think that we already mentioned ethereum and there are a lot of cryptocurrencies which hold a massive market cap meaning that there's there are a large amount of money money locked into it yeah so that's, that's true the whole new market and that market behaves similar to stock markets i mean i saw a lot of technical indicators and analysis saying bitcoin will go to this amount bitcoin will fall bitcoin bitcoin will rise ethereum will rise we are at all-time highs there's such hype i mean you can you you can follow articles which pop up every couple months this cryptocurrency is reaching all time all time highs it's not too late to jump in everybody get on the train and it's a real market and people people are getting lots of money in it yes so i i have to agree that when you made the comparison that it's similar to stock markets so yeah if you want to invest in bitcoin it means you believed in the bitcoin um how do you say vision and what it has to offer and it's same with any other crypto project you can come to its earliest stages which is also ico ido that those are those are the terms in those are the stages in which you can invest in a coin if you believe or in a, the project if you believe that someday it will go up or you just want to see it succeed same as in buying coca-cola stocks back early in the day because you would be like okay this is the drink for the whole world <laughs> and it's same with bitcoin and in what drives it is also psychology right so even the stocks and everything it's not just based on how the company is doing it's also driven by fear and greed and general emotions of the people that are trading in the market okay i heard some keywords there that correspond to indicators that i'm familiar with i know that there is a feed and greed index i know that uh, there's a what is it called nupl we've got moving averages we've got stuff like that that is similar to stock market but apparently it calculates different scenarios or takes different inputs to anticipate the price of a selected cryptocurrency yeah and i think this is something that we should discuss more into the details into our next episodes maybe yeah, that would I'd... be number two number three number four as for everybody this is episode number one and yeah. yeah a caveat this is not financial advice we are just two it's, blokes it's talking really about... for <laughs> entertainment purposes only <laughs> yeah we, we're just two blokes talking about interesting things and web3 is definitely something that we're going to be a part of it's going to happen it's already happening it's going to be the next big thing as we saw in the article at the beginning and i think that maybe cryptocurrency indicators should be our next topic because apparently we can make a lot of money there is that true yeah we can make a lot of money we can lose a lot amount of money it's um it's really hard to say nobody has a crystal ball nobody can see directly into the future but there are a couple of small indicators that can help us along the way that can like make us 
make educated guesses and and stuff like that but th this is something that we can talk out for hours and hours and hours so yeah i'm i'm really i'm really excited that we started off this project and i think we're gonna have a lot of fruitful conversations okay i see a lot of different topics but let's wrap it up for this one and leave the in indicators for the next episode and we're gonna start with some basics and maybe even go into more complicated stuff later on I'm okay. excited for that as well. Looking forward to it and glad to be doing this with you. Same man. <laughs> have a, Thank have you a everybody. Day, have a great day and we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye.